He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, each and every year we start out our year and it's it, it, it's good luck or it's good karma. It's something with uh, with the same subject. Uh, to to interview, I do, for, and I think it's been nine years now. And uh, even uh, switching stations, uh, we've got to continue this. Uh, he is the best public official I've ever met in my life. He's he's unbelievable. He's passionate. He's uh, he is a worker. He gets uh, he gets down there, and every year we lead off the year, the new year, with Tom DiNapoli, the great controller of the great state of New York, and uh, and why should now be any different? And it's very interesting year. He just came off of a uh, of a of, of a big win. In a very challenging year for for Democrats, but he's looked at very much as an independent. A lot of Republicans I know uh, support him. Uh, you know, I, I know Republicans that had all kinds of Republican lawn signs, and then there's a Denapoli sign on there, and it's it's very funny. And you know, I'm here on Long Island, but all across the state, he has support for good reason. He handles our our money, and he handles it so well, and the pension funds and everything else. The state is in good shape uh, for, for some reasons, right? For some reasons, but one reason that, uh, that you could always count on is Tom DiNapoli for keeping his part, at least his part of the state, in, in good shape. Tom DiNapoli, how are you? Well, Frank, I'm great with that wonderful uh, lead and introduction, and uh, happy, healthy New Year to you and your listeners. And I am honored that uh, we keep the tradition going to start your interviews for the for the new year with me. You've been a, a great friend. You give me great advice uh, over the years. I think I've listened to and accepted most of the advice. I guess not always, right? But but we have had a great relationship and. I appreciate your uh, wisdom. You're someone that's been on the front line of the civic and political scene. You know all the players, and uh, you know you continue to be an important voice on all the big issues of the of the day. And I always enjoy not just you know our our interview, but you know offline when when you and I speak, or you know when we've had the chance to get together. Uh, you know your perception of of where. Uh, the public opinion is going, uh, frankly, is often ahead of where, where my perception is. So that's why I, I feel I learn from you and I benefit from our dialogue. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, our conversation today. Well, listen, I thank you for saying that. And I could also say right back at you, you have you have a good pulse uh, or a good feel for the pulse of the uh, the people. And you've been a public official since 18 years old. And correct me if I'm wrong. You've uh, you were, hit the school board, I think, at right. 18 years old. And we always bring this up. And then, of course, you did so many years in the in the legislature, state legislature in um, in, in the assembly. And you got high up there. And then uh, look, uh, when uh, when times were changing you uh, you took on the role uh, and you got support from all over the place uh, to be the controller and you've done a great job ever since but you do have a good mind uh, for politics interesting year in in politics this year and um, we were expecting this big giant red wave it didn't really come on Long Island we had the Zeldin wave but that that of yep. course doesn't go through the city uh, uh, any surprises this year for you well, you know, in terms of my race, I would say, 
look, we, we still won, and I got the most votes of the, of the statewide uh, state ticket. But, you know, the percentage was down from four years ago. And I think, to your point, uh, Lee Zeldin mounted a much more aggressive and I would say um, successful is not is too strong a word because he didn't win but he was successful in in certainly narrowing the gap of of, of uh, what the final result was so so there was whether you call it a red wave or a Zeldin wave absolutely in Nassau and Suffolk as you and I well know but even when you look at, at some of the neighborhoods in Queens and Brooklyn and Staten Island uh, and some of the rural counties upstate you saw a much stronger Republican turnout than you've seen in a, in a while, and I think that uh, was reflective of, um, of of Lee's campaign. It's interesting because you know, nationally, right, all all the big pundits were saying the red wave is going to sweep the country, and the Dems will lose the Senate, and they'll lose you know the House by a big margin. Well, to the extent that there was a red wave, it was mostly limited to parts of New York State, which is rather odd. Yeah. So, wow. you know, what was a surprise, uh, you know, I, we certainly had a sense it was going to be a more competitive year. But I think what surprised everybody um, because of the complications with reapportionment this year in the new districts, you know, that New York uh, really lost congressional seats. And, you know, arguably it was New York that, that cost the Democrats the leadership uh, uh, in the House of Representatives, which is quite a remarkable uh, circumstance. I mean, you look at Long Island. Frank, when's the last time, I couldn't remember, the last time Nassau and Suffolk County didn't have at least one Democrat in the House of Representatives from this area. I really can't remember the last time. And I've been around a long time. Uh, and then, you know, we lost the seat uh, up in Westchester, and there was a seat uh, in, in Hudson Valley in central New York that people thought we were going to win. There was a seat around Syracuse people thought we were going to win. We mean the Democrats, and it didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the the Republican representation in the, in the congressional delegation from New York is probably the highest it's been in a very long time. So that was a surprise, uh, certainly. Uh, but, you know, the Democrats still have the Assembly by a strong majority and the state Senate by a strong majority. And Kathy Hochul did get reelected uh, closer than perhaps it should have been, but she still get reelected, as did Tish James and myself. Obviously, Chuck Schumer running for, for U.S. Senate. So uh, it was, it was uh, you know, it, when you when you get down, you know, into the individual districts. There were some, certainly some surprises, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, well, if if you're just joining us or you're turning on your radio a little late, Tom DiNapoli is the voice you're hearing. He's the, the state controller of the great state of New York. Frank McKay here with Tom. I, yeah, Tom, when you... Um, when you think about it, it, you just said that. When was the last time Long Island didn't have a Democrat uh, in the uh, in the um, uh, in, in the in the whole scheme of things? And and I, I I'm about to say, well, don't don't count that dead just yet, because maybe uh, maybe in that one the one race over there. Um, it, maybe it's going to end up being a special election. Who knows? If, if well, that's, uh, uh, Frank, that's the district I live in. And, yeah. I, and I, I, I have to say that, um, you know, uh, you know, the seat that was represented by uh, Lester Wolf for, you know, yeah. my growing up and and whether you agree with him or not, you know, John Laboutlier was a, a significant player for the short time he was in. Bob Morazic from Suffolk County represented that area. Great congressman, someone I had the privilege to, to work for for, for a short uh, period of time. Steve Israel, Gary Ackerman. I mean, these are, you know, respected public officials. We agree with that. Tom Swazi, you know, yeah. and to 
think to think that George Santos, you know, who is now, you know, a national, a daily national story. Uh, and it's like, it's like, uh, you know, what's real about this guy? I mean, it's really scary. And I think it shows, though, it just shows that on Long Island, you know, a lot of people just voted Republican. I, I don't think, you know, Santos did not have a very visible campaign. I mean, he had lawn signs and he did one or two debates with Robert Zimmerman, but it wasn't viewed as an aggressive campaign. Uh, people viewed the seat as, as marginally Democratic. Robert ran, Zimmerman ran, I thought, a good campaign, but people just went in and were voting Republican. And 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 now, now you know, it's become, you know, our area is almost like a, an embarrassment because people say, well, how, how could you not know that this guy wasn't real? And that's an interesting question. I don't have an answer to it. But it's an interesting question. I, I mean, j- just amazing. I, I've never seen it. This is, it's it's a movie. George Sanders. It's a, is, it's, it's, it's a, a movie. movie. Yeah. It, well, people were saying it's like that movie from years ago, the talented Mr. Ripley, the talented <laughs> Mr. Sith. Totally made made up. And and I what I find. You know, strange is his, his explanation. Well, you know, everybody, you know, well, I made a mistake. Everybody exaggerates. Well, this is more than exaggeration. This is this is a made-up life. I mean, his education, his his uh, business background, his 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 ethnic re- religious background, uh, his his whether he where he didn't graduate from the places that he claimed, and then of course, this new word that's out there being. Jew hyphen ish. I mean, it's like, it's like, what, how do you, I mean, how do you, uh, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm just blown away uh, by this. I, I mean, there was a, 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 something that came to, uh, came to mind at, and I was helping a friend with a resume and there was a gap in their resume. And this is, uh, this is, you know, this is years ago, actually, uh, you know, uh, but uh, we started talking about it, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, but there was a gap and uh, they were talking about extending a uh, a date of, of where they worked, of a place they worked at. And, and I said, listen, just don't do it because if it comes yeah. if it comes back and it, and it burns you and you end up losing a job or losing the respect of the employer. And by the way, it was a small like I'm looking back and I'm saying I'm saying they probably never would have gotten caught for that. But you, you, you never yeah. want to be in that kind of embarrassing situation. But. Wow. I, I mean, he just um, I mean, I think this is the definition of sociopath. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a, 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 a psychiatrist. I have no background yeah. in there. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Uh, Tom DiNapoli is a uh, leading vote getter in uh, in the state of New York and uh, just amazing. Every year we uh, say that he runs, we say that. But Tom DiNapoli, once again, here with us, Frank McKay, and uh, absolutely thrilled to have him. Uh, each and every year, our first interview, my first interview of the year, and I'm always proud uh, to, uh, to to say that. State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli is our very special guest. Uh, Tom, uh, you know, back to George Santos. I, I mean, again, I'm not asking you to even comment on that, but I mean, I, I, what what exactly is real about him? If you t- turned around and told me that, that you know, that this man is... Um, you know he's he's from another country, uh, or, or that he uh, you know his his birth certificate is is wrong. I, there's nothing that you could tell me about this guy at this point that that wouldn't shock me. I mean he's yeah. unbelievable. 
Well, it's interesting what you were talking about before with your friend on the resume. I, I you know, I listened to some of the callers on, uh, you know, on, on on 770 ABC, and and you know, congratulations for your affiliation there. Thank and John Casamatitas is doing a great job with the station. Okay. So uh, really amazing. And and one of the callers said uh, earlier this week, you know, if 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 I if I you know, if, uh, made up stuff on a resume and got a job, and it was found out, I'd be fired. You know, and and yet Santos is just kind of saying, "Well, I made a mistake, and he, I'm going to serve anyway." You know, you're right. I mean, in in a corporate uh, situation, if you if you make up stuff on your resume, even even one item, you could lose your job because you got hired under false pretenses. This guy, as you point out, it appears his entire life is made up, and 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 yet you know people are saying, "Well, but he was elected, so he should serve." I think, look, we'll see how this plays out. You know that uh, this week the Nassau DA and Donnelly opened an investigation, Tis James, the state AG. I believe I heard a report that the Eastern District uh, U.S. Attorney's Office is looking. You know, the vulnerability here may really be the money, right? It's always, isn't it always the money? Yeah. They, you know, there's, there seems to be, a, if, if, the, if the, business, the business didn't really exist or doesn't really have assets, and he claimed, I think it was $700,000, he put in a campaign that he earned from the business that that may be you know something beyond you know an exaggeration that that may actually be some kind of violation i don't know i'm not a lawyer i don't want to presume what uh, what the authorities are looking at but but you know it's it's often the money piece that 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 actually causes people to get in trouble and i think you know uh whatever happens i mean you know assuming that he's sworn in you know later in the week uh and i guess you know mccarthy needs his vote to become speaker but you know I, at some point i would think you know the house ethics committee has to take a look at something there but um you're right there could very well be a special election if, if he is compelled to resign and you've seen you know this week newsday said he should step aside and i think others have been calling for it i even republicans are are you know uh, raising questions right we've seen some of the long island republicans uh uh, incoming Congressman Lalota, right? Didn't he call for an investigation? Yep. And, and yep. Joe Cairo has been clear about uh, things have to be answered for. Bruce Blakeman raised some concern. So uh, this is—he's got a very tenuous hold on uh, on the seat. And I think, as someone who lives in that district, you know, my concern is the obvious one: how can he have? credibility to serve and get anything done in Washington. I think even his Republican colleagues are going to stay away from him and not really uh, give him much attention. So his ability to fight for us and represent us, I think, is, is, is very, very limited. Because, by the way, Frank, I don't know what your view is, but I think the more he talks, the, the, the more concerning uh, people are about him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would just tell him if I was advising him, don't say another word. Just yep. you know, you're you're under investigation. You're uh, under. By the way, a, a lot of those names, if, if people just are kind of half listening, are a lot of those names that you said are Republicans. You know, uh, yes. Bruce Blake yep. and and Donald. Yep. Who's opened up a an investigation on? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're going to be easy on him. Uh, he's he's embarrassed them. Let me just. And we don't even, Frank, we don't even know where he lives. <laughs> you know, no. apparently he doesn't live in Whitestone. Where he's now, I read in the paper that he's living with his sister in Huntington. Uh, you know, uh, 
he's he's gay, but he was married to a woman, but now he's married to a, I, I, you know, it is, it's a made, it's a made up life. It's really, there will be a guaranteed, Frank, there'll be a movie made of this story. There's got to be. Oh, I mean, it's just. working on it right now. I mean, there's yeah. got to be, right? I, let, I, I, w- I would think so. You, maybe you and I could get like, we could become extras or something. <laughs> we could be in the crowd or something like that because, you know, well, you, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they should be in the district, right. What? Yeah. Let me just bring this up. This is this is two points, and and it'll just uh, it kind of underline how bad this is. I wasn't. I didn't even expect to talk about George Santos, but how do we not? It, it's going on right now as the new year hits. But there was a there was a man named George O'Leary, and um and and I know his his brother and I know his uh, his nephew, but he he was the coach, very successful coach for Central Florida. Um, a football, small football program, and he got hired by Notre Dame. He was so successful that he got hired by Notre Dame. At uh, at one point, and he just signed his big contract, and and even back then, twenty years ago, whatever it was, he, uh, he you know got a million dollars a year and uh, another half million for doing a radio show and all this. It turned out that he he said that he had a he had a master's degree from the University of Maine and as it uh, as it turned out uh, or New, University of New Hampshire maybe and as it turned out he he never he he never finished his his master's degree and he had that on his resume for uh, for Notre Dame. He had a bachelor's, but he maybe he didn't even uh, attend a master's degree. But he got fired, and it was instantaneous. Uh, mm. Notre Dame fired him for lying about uh, about his credentials. And the thing that was heartbreaking for it is, you know, here's a guy who made his own way, small schools. He was a Long Island guy, and and whatever. He didn't need to lie. He he didn't get hired from Notre Dame because he had a master's degree well because it said he had a master's he he got hired for what he did on the football field he didn't need a master's degree uh, he he put that one line in there and uh and notre dame said up nope, uh, enough of that and and here we go and and again you know okay shame on him he was a grown man he should know better you can't lie you know notre dame is a you know reputable you know highly reputable um organization and they can't have a, a you know guy who's fudging his resume uh, another thing and it happened at Notre Dame and this one was heartbreaking this was this was terrible I felt bad for the kid after a while and I was worried that the young man was you know who knows was going to commit suicide or something his name was Manti Teo and I don't know if you remember this story but it was only several it was just several years ago I think he, he still might uh, might have played in the NFL last year um, but Manti Teo was a top player player uh, for Notre Dame, but a top player in the country. It was a young man from Hawaii, and he told this story. It was almost like Dear Evan Hansen, you know, almost like that. Um, but he told this story about a girlfriend that he had that um, that was dying, and and it uh, and it made the cover of you know uh, you know all these national magazines and and everything. And it turned out that this young man, who knows why he did it, he was, you know, 18 years old when he, when he did it, 19 years old, 20, whatever. Um, it turned out that it was completely fabricated. And it was, uh, it, at first, you know, it was, you know, he was kind of a, you know, a joke and he was, you know, the late night hosts were, were making fun of him. I started thinking, and, and I didn't know the guy from a hole in wall. I didn't know him personally. I had no ties to him, but, um, after the laughter kind of died down a little, you, you thought to yourself, you know, this guy's 19 years, I think he was 19 years old. He's a young man. He made a horrendous, 
horrendous uh, decision choice. He lied, and it's humiliating, no doubt. I just hope, God, God forbid, that he it doesn't go so far where he, you know, where he actually takes his life. And, and I started thinking that, and and uh, and. It just—it was a heartbreaking thing. Thank God he did, and, and he got through, yeah. and he had like a pro career. But uh, I mean, this is a 19-year-old kid, and I feel some sympathy there. It was terrible what he did, he, you know, whatever. It was stupid, all that. But George Santos is, is a guy in his 30s, right? I mean, he's in mid 30s. Yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, I forgot about that case. But when you mentioned the name, I remembered the name, and then and then uh, you know, I remember the context, which interesting. You know, with Santos, again, this is one of those pieces of the story that's not been uh, verified one way or the other. But one of the stories out there is that when he was, I think, 19, that he was charged in Brazil for embezzlement or passing bad checks or something like that. And, um, you know, they were never able to do anything because I guess he left the country. Uh, that, you know, that could be another, you know, maybe that started his path of, of um, you know, of making things up. Or uh, You know what someone said on one of the shows? Is George Santos even his name? I mean, uh, you know, it, it, the whole thing is, is just bizarre, just just totally bizarre. And, and, and look, you know, with the band that you and I have been involved, you know, with politics for a long time, this reinforces the cynics out there who say they're all a bunch of crooks. They're all trying to get away with something. The system is no good. Why should I bother to vote? You know, this 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 undermines, you know, the confidence in the system, and that's and that's that's what bothers me about it. Uh, that 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 someone could could think they could get away with it, especially like, you, you, when you're when you're becoming a member of Congress. You know, the spotlight's on you. The slightest thing, you know, someone's going to, uh, you know, write about. And, and, and this guy had a whole... T- now, that gets to another question, Frank. Did, did, did the opposition, opposition research fail, right, from the Democrats? Yeah. Although I would also ask, did the press fail? Because, you know, I've spoken to Robert Zimmerman. He says he tried to raise some of these concerns. I don't think they had all this information. And he said the press didn't want to do anything with it. And, and should, did the Republicans have re- some responsibility? They ran him twice. You know, should they have made sure that he was legit? So I think, you know, that's an interesting question. How come it, it it was not until after the election that any of any of this stuff came out and was taken seriously? And and I think that's that's another perhaps failing of the of of, of the vetting that's done uh, in, in our system. And uh, again, I just hope people don't look at this and paint everybody with the same brush. This is by far the most extreme situation that I am familiar with in politics of someone. Uh, well, who was the guy uh, years ago? Uh, he was running, I think he was running for lieutenant governor in New York, and I think he had made up uh, military service, and then he had to drop out. And you've had that, you know, that's another area you've seen other uh, other political figures where they exaggerate or state of military uh, service that they didn't have. Uh, you know, th- again, it's, it's happened before, but not to this degree. Not, 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 not to this degree. It's amazing. It's amazing. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel so you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. 
It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. Tom DiNapoli is the voice you're hearing. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, our first uh, interview of the year. Uh, with uh, with the great controller Tom DiNapoli of this great state of New York, Frank McKay here with Tom. Uh, yeah, Tom. I, going back to what you said uh, about people uh, losing faith in the system. Uh, one thing I, I'll say about the Republicans, and I'm not. This isn't in defense of the Republicans. You know why they didn't pay too much attention to this because they didn't think it was winnable. <laughs> they didn't think it was a winnable seat. I, I yeah. assume, and they just figured, okay, he ran last time against Swazi. He did he did pretty good. Let him let him run. It's an open seat. Uh, what the hell? Uh, do you yeah. think so? Do you think that's what happened? Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think it, certainly this last election, uh, more of the emphasis in Nassau seemed to be on uh, Kathleen Rice's seat. There was a tremendous Republican yeah. push for Anthony D'Esposito, who won in a you know in a, in a tighter race. It was, that's, that was a more Democratic seat. I didn't get the sense that there was a big uh, local effort for for Santos. And I think you're right. Two years ago, nobody perceived that Swazi had a problem, and and Santos. I think election night was actually a but when the paper was counted, he he was pretty far behind. So I think you're right. I mean, this was viewed as a even with all the changes, a a you know uh, a leaning Democrat seat. And Zimmerman, you know, came through the primary very strong, and you know had, raised a lot of money, had a, had a strong campaign. You know, again because of what was happening, uh, I think a lot of people they started voting for Zeldin in this district, and they just kept going down the line. And 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 you know, obviously Santos. Uh, very much benefited from that. Uh, you saw that as well with the state senate, you know, seat up here. Anna Kaplan lost uh, uh, yeah. in this area as well. Um, you know, so you, there definitely was a Republican. John Brooks was in another part of the district. You know, you, you saw you yeah. saw significant yeah. losses. Uh, you know, it's just I think people were just voting straight straight ticket in many cases. I didn't I didn't look at my numbers in this congressional <laughs> district. I probably should. Not sure how I did, but. Uh, because Robert actually ended up carrying the Queen's part, not by a lot, uh, but he carried the Queen's part. But but the Nassau part, you know, obviously was uh, was uh, not good. Uh, you know, we'll see if uh, maybe the, maybe there will be a special, and maybe Robert will get a chance to to do a do over. And I wonder, you know, if, if the Republicans, you know. Joe Cairo is a very effective leader of the Republican Party in Nassau. He's really done an incredible job last year and this year. I wonder if he's already trying to size up who would be a, uh, a replacement if a special election comes, uh, comes around. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it could happen. I, I mean, this is, uh, you know, and again, there's other issues we, uh, that we need to talk about, but I, how do you think this ends? I mean, if you if you have a quick prediction on it, uh, it, it just seems like right now it, it, there's such a frenzy, but it's all over the country. I mean, all, like a friend of mine in California who hasn't lived here in 30 years, uh, uh, he made a joke with me the other day, and he, uh, he was uh, in... Uh, something he said. You imagine your life was on the line in uh, in some kind of weird truth telling contest, and and they reveal your teammate, your one and only teammate, and it's George Santos. And, and I, I couldn't believe that he knew the name George Santos. I mean, how yeah. uh, how how does that happen? I mean, it, it's a huge, huge national story. I mean, this is tremendous. Oh, it's it's, it's the lead political story. You, you know, you, I mean, it's on on uh, CNN, on Fox. I mean, every day there's another article written. Uh, how does it end? I mean, look, uh, I, I 
am surprised he's held on uh, already. My guess is, as I said earlier, I think the Republicans need his vote for McCarthy, but how much he could survive after that, I don't know. Uh, again, if, if he's if he's been living this double life, triple life, whatever life, he may be oblivious to how people are feeling. But but the real concern would be with all these uh, prosecutors doing an investigation if they come up with something, um, you know, and he's charged. I mean, I don't I don't see how he could can survive. I don't see how the Republicans would, would want him to be in their in their ranks. So uh, I, I suspect this is not going to. Um, be over quickly. Um, there was enough there for him to step step aside already, and that hasn't happened. So, I, you know, he'll get sworn in. He'll vote for McCarthy. How much longer after that? Um, I'd be surprised if he survives for two years. But you know, stranger things have happened. You know, who knows what the scandal of the story will be next week? And you know, maybe at some point George Santos will fade into the background. But but I, I don't. I think it's fair to say he doesn't have a long-term uh, career path in uh, in politics. I think that's yeah. fair to say. You know, I, I uh, just a last note on this. Uh, somebody said to me the other day, maybe he'll be shamed out of uh, out of office. And I said, uh, I don't know. D- do a little reading on his past. I don't know that he knows knows the concept of of shame and, and what it is. But wow, is he? Uh, yeah, he's. Shamed. I agree. I, I think there's no self perception, and my guess is he'll need the paycheck as well. So right. I don't think. That's a big I don't thing. think he's looking. I don't think he's looking to go anywhere. But uh, circumstances may, uh, you know, may overtake him. Uh, but as I said earlier, as someone who lives in the district, you know, if he does survive and hang in, there, hangs in there, it's, he's going to be a very uh, ineffective representative for our for our district. And our district has always had. You know whether you like them or not, strong members of Congress that that have been able yep. to deliver, yep. and and to not have that uh, is a real loss for us. Tom, switching gears, uh, you know, there's uh, there's so much to be said for uh, the the economy, and and you know, Lee Zeldin, if if it wasn't for a, a terrible economy, uh, he might not have had the the Zeldin wave that he had on on Long Island, and and maybe some of these folks wouldn't have had the. Um, uh, the coattails to uh, to bring them in. Uh, what's your outlook? And, and I'm, you know, I'm not asking you to predict necessarily, but in your mind, are are the people, are the experts out there that are that are talking? Are they uh, are, are they talking about a rebound? Is this a is this a year 2023 that we're we're in now? Uh, that people are talking about. Uh, a, a recession, uh, a terrible recession, or the other way around? I mean, uh, do you think there'll be a bounce back? Well, I think the challenge is that, you know, the experts are all over the place, you know, because we're really going through still uh, somewhat unprecedented uh, set of circumstances. The data points are, are contradictory in many ways. So we're coming off of, of uh, you know, uh, a worldwide pandemic, a health crisis. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, I mean, COVID's not over, right? We all know people still that are coming down with it. Unfortunately, not as severe uh, impacts as before, but uh, it's not totally done. But it's more in the rearview mirror. Uh, you know, people are 
kind of getting back to normalcy or, you know, close to it. Uh, I was in the city the other day. The place was packed and people weren't wearing masks. So that was kind of a nice thing to see. Although, as we said, you still got to be careful. So, you know, so the economy is is struggling with uh, high inflation. That's somewhat moderating, but it's still higher than uh, we'd like it to be. Uh, And interest rates, you know, which which are back up high because of what the Fed is doing. So you've had a, a, a fiscal policy of spending, spending right all this federal money coming in which really has kept us afloat frankly uh as far as the state and local governments and kept many businesses afloat during the worst of the pandemic and then you have monetary policy from the fed that's trying to rein in the spending so you have a you have you have a um you know a conflicting you know national priorities there between the administration and the fed and then you've got some of the signs of of what could be a, a recessionary time yet People are still spending money, Frank. When we put out our reports on sales tax collections, they're still coming in higher than last year. Some of that's because of inflation, but when you factor in uh, a big uh, issue like the gasoline tax holiday, you know, which kind of reduces some of the sales tax, still ahead. And 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 so people are spending, and and jobs are still being created. You know, the, the jobs are being added, and and wages are, are are growing. So you you don't have all of the negative signs, which would say we're headed for a severe recession. Then again, you have the stock market, obviously, and I'm concerned about this as an investor for the state pension fund, and and, and the stock market has not been doing well, uh, you know, the, the past couple of weeks up and down, um, you know, but earlier, you know, uh, April, May, June, you know, into the summer, early fall, you know, yeah, yeah, we had negative numbers in terms of our uh, our portfolio. So I'm hopefully, I'm hoping that that is leveling, leveling off as we you know, close the door in 2022 and, and open it to 2023. But I think because you have all of these contradictions in terms of the data points, nobody knows for sure where, where this is headed. I mean, it could could we have a recession of some sort? I, I, I guess I would kind of, uh, maybe it's hope more than than uh, predicting, but uh, if it is a recession, it'll be short uh, and, 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 and not a severe one. Um, but I, I still think, you know, it, it's going to be a challenging economy. What's going to happen in Washington? You know, although the Republicans won the House, they didn't win it by much. So does, are we are we going to have the kind of gridlock that that people expect or you know will there be some attempt you know to um you know to work together between uh, between the house and the and the senate uh, and working with the president you know everybody's going to be talking about 2024 you know we, we just started 2023 but everybody's going to talk about the presidency is biden going to run yep. you know will DeSantis beat trump you know that that and what impact will all of that have on policy that will impact on the economy uh, you know but for now don't count out american business don't count out the american worker uh and so far don't count out the american consumer i think people have there's a lot of pent-up demand after you know the two years or so of the pandemic and so i i still think we're gonna we're gonna get through it but i i, I suspect at least the first quarter of 2023 still gonna be rocky i'm hoping I'm hoping the public markets, you know, come back a bit, uh, 
because our pension fund has been strong and well-funded. But uh, we don't have all our money in the stock market by any means, but it is a big part of our portfolio. So when the stock market is down, you know, that, that causes concern. For me, for your listeners who are retired public retirees or public workers who want to retire, they don't have to worry. we got plenty of money, you know, to, to deal with a, a rough patch. But, you know, long-term, you know, we certainly want to see the stock market come back for investors. We want to see the stock market come back because we have a lot of jobs still tied to Wall Street. Folks make a lot of money, and we tax them, and that's a big part of our revenue. So when they're not making money, they're not getting the bonuses, and obviously the bonus season in 2023 is not going to be as strong as, as 2022. You know, that's going to hurt the revenue stream coming to the state. So there's a lot a lot to look at, and, and I, I would say, you know, I would say I have a fair amount of uncertainty about where it's headed, uh, and I think any expert that tells you that they're sure where it's headed, you know, they're just making their best guess. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's breaking it down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Tom DiNapoli is our very special guest. Each and every year, he's our first interview of the year. And who better to start off 2023 with than the state controller of the great state of New York, Tom DiNapoli. Once again, Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Tom DiNapoli, state controller. Tom DiNapoli is our very special guest. Tom, I, since you've first been elected, and I'll go back, uh, you, you can start it wherever you want, right? But uh, anytime after you're 18 years old, uh, if, if you think about it, it you know, go, go to the mid-90s. We we all of a sudden had this new thing, the Internet, right, which some people joked at one point or, or maybe didn't joke, thought it was the CB radio of the 90s. And I remember <laughs> I was telling, uh, uh, you know, a, a you know very prominent guy who used that phrase, and I said, no way. I said, it's going to be a big, big, big deal, uh, the, the Internet. I had no idea how big a deal. So, you know, mid, you know, night, whatever, 95, 96, you know, the Internet starts starts taking over. Uh, we have 9-11 on that fateful day, that hor- horrendous day in 2001, and, uh, and, and you know, that happens. Um, it, you know, different things start uh, happening because of the Internet, and, and something called social media happens. So instead of having a 24-hour news cycle, you all of a sudden have a, uh, a, a day-by-day, and now at this point, a minute-by-minute um, uh, news cycle. Everything changes there. And then, of course, the pandemic, uh, which just happened, if you look back historically, uh, a lot of changes while you've been in office, and I'm sure there'll be others. But uh, which of these, if you uh, if you look back, uh, where where did you notice the biggest change in in, in elections or in governance in and uh, and being able to do your job? Uh, which one of these events uh, really changed the world for you? Wow, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, I I I have to say that. Um I guess the more recent uh, evolution of social media as such a, a, a key dynamic in political communication uh, has uh, in many ways upended the process, and I think not, not in a good way. And I think it's also um, 
it's also contributed to the well, demise is probably too strong a word, but to the to the limitation of the traditional journalism, certainly the print media yeah. uh, and the newspapers that we tended to rely on for our information. Uh, you know, b- b- most people now uh, believe what they read on social media or or the internet. Right? We'll we'll throw that in as right. well, and most people access. You know, f- folks. You know, on Twitter or you know, or or social, uh, social other social media or you know, or, or internet sites that agree with their predisposed opinions. So, what we're having now is is a political dynamic where, which I think attributes some polarization, where there's no universally recognized independent source of information so we can at least operate from the same facts even if we have different opinions so now the facts and opinions are merged together and we just go to places that reinforce what we already think so of course we can't believe anybody else has a different opinion so therefore they must be corrupt or right. communist or whatever, yeah. whatever you know uh, influenced by china god knows what <laughs> and and so we you know so we don't meet in the middle anymore and i think so i think it's the combination of the inter- and more recently what social media has done uh, that that has been has not been helpful has not been helpful at all I mean I you know you know there are a lot of newspapers that you know uh, I look across the state some of them don't even print anymore they're just online and many of the newspapers are a lot thinner than they used to be and who reads the editorials anymore I mean in the old days you used to rush to the editorials now if you if you just look online I still buy I went out I went out early this morning and I got my papers already because I need a I need a hard paper I'm of sure. that generation but if you're if you're just looking online, the last page, place you're going to look is is the editorial page where there may be some comment on the big issues of the day. So this is I think this is has has lowered the bar in terms of of, of thoughtful discussion uh, of the issues, and, and I don't think that's good. I think you know our democracy is dependent on an informed citizenry, an involved citizenry. Yeah, uh, you know we're we're losing that. You know the the voter turnouts are not what they should be. I mean this year, I give credit to the Republicans. They had a they had a let's say an outsized performance in terms of their turnout. You know certainly for my party and in many parts of the state, you had an underperformance. People didn't seem to be engaged. I'm probably different reasons for that, but but I I think the 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 impact on on. I hate to use this phrase, but dumbing down the conversation um, has not been helpful to the, to the health of our democracy. Now, our democracy has survived for a long time, so I'm confident it's gonna yeah, it's gonna I survive. I, I don't I don't I really am not a pessimist. I if I was a pessimist, I, I, I would have retired instead of you know <laughs> run again. So yeah. so it'll we'll get through it, but we're we're still trying to figure it out. I mean, this is this is the, you just consider the rapid change that you point out in a, in a relatively short you know time frame compared to, you know, the decades before where, you know, there were changes, but it was much more incremental uh, over time. Uh, but now it's, it's, it's you know, we, it's hard to keep up with, you know, the immediacy of, of information. And not only information that comes out immediately is accurate or lasting. So it's, 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 it's very, very tough. I, I feel for the young people coming up trying to figure out how to navigate uh, you know, being involved in politics because it's it's just so different than it used to be. And uh, I, I would also say that uh, the fact that our political campaigns are now so focused on raising money, 
more than anything else and 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 you don't have the you don't have the number of debates you used to have you don't have Frank, when I started out, you know, you you you, you got it. You made a flyer, you folded it, you stuffed an envelope, you put a stamp on it, you dropped it off at the post office. You had a headquarters somewhere where people sat around a table and did phone calls. There was a personal engagement. You don't really have that now, and 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 so you're losing the personal. And and I I I I don't think that's I don't think that's been a positive. Uh, look, I, I, it's hard to uh, it's hard to argue uh, uh, certainly in, in a minute or two against what you just said there. But I think a lot of people are saying amen on the other uh, on the other uh, side of the, uh, the these conversations. P- people that are listening are saying exactly the same. Look, uh, Tom DiNapoli, once again, is our very special guest. And we got about a minute left with the state controller of New York. Tom, every time you uh, you you give out information about lost funds or uh, or, or people finding funds from your office, whether it's you, uh, Joe Galante, or uh, Capeless, Michael Capeless, uh, different people that I've had on the show, they bring that up, and, and I get flooded with people saying, I got money back, or my grandmother <laughs> got money back. Um, could you, Before you leave, could you give us uh, the, the, the take, tell people what I'm talking about? Yeah, unclaimed funds, money that, that you get separated from. It's usually old bank accounts. You may have moved and the contact, contact information is not uh, current. Checks that weren't cashed, a life insurance check, you, uh, uh, health insurance check, different ways you could lose your, you know, you get separated from your money. After a period of, a, of time, accounts uh, or uncashed checks are declared dormant. They're turned over to the controller's office. We hold on to them. We call it unclaimed funds. We hold out those accounts in perpetuity until we find you or you find us. So your listeners should go to the New York State Controller website. Just put in New York State Controller, whatever your search engine is on your computer. You can search right online. Just click on the part of the site that says unclaimed funds. And uh, in many cases, you can, if you have an account in your name, you can get the money within a couple of days. Or we have an 800 number you could call. During regular business hours, one eight hundred two two one nine three one one. We're returning about one and a half million dollars a day. Guarantee many of your listeners are attached to an account either in their name or the name of a business or an organization they're attached to, or could be in the name of a deceased uh, relative. You may be entitled to it as part of an inheritance, and you can claim that. We need a little more documentation in those cases. But if you remember nothing else of what Frank and I talked about, go to the controller's website, click on Unclaimed Funds, and see if we can return some of that money to you. Tom, uh, you're the best. I, I, I appreciate your time each and every year, but all throughout the year, everything that you do and your staff does, you've got a great staff. You've got you to gotta hand it to them. They're terrific, and they've got a great boss. Uh, thank you very much. If there's anything else you want to add, please do, and if there's another website. I, Frank, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your keeping this wonderful tradition of us ringing in the new year. I'm honored to be your first uh, interview and uh, I look forward to that continuing for a very long time and thank you for what you do to inform your listeners about uh, what's happening out there in the larger world. Tom DiNapoli, thank you very much. And and to all of you, Happy New Year uh, on, uh, from me and Tom DiNapoli and everyone at WABC and uh, and, and just uh, hopefully this will this will be a great year. If last year wasn't a good year for you. I'm sure this year is uh, uh, it, it will will do much better. Uh, Frank McKay signing off once again. Tom DiNapoli, uh, leading vote getter in the state of New York this past year and every year he runs, uh, New York State Comptroller of the great state we live in. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down. 
so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.